renting fashion, swapping fashion, you know, you name it, it is here. We are in a space now where innovators are coming up with extraordinary ways for us to redefine our relationships with fashion. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, I'm the type of person that loves shopping, I love the experience of it, but we are in a time now where we've really got to redefine our culture and the way in which we approach our choices and our love for fashion as well. Now, it's important to know that we can work together to redefine this. And there are great brands and great people that are sitting on the front line to help you transition very easily, very smoothly, without you having to lose out on dressing up, wearing new clothes, but we're doing it in a way that puts the climate first. We're doing it in a way that considers the circularity of the clothing, as opposed to just buying, 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 and not caring about what happens to it after. Now, guys, this is going to be a phenomenal episode. I can't wait to get stuck in. Welcome to another episode of the ATAC of Sustainability. Be Planet Proud with Yeezy. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the A2AZ of Sustainability. I am Priscilla, if you don't already know, probably introduced myself about 20 times now, um, but I'm excited for us to get stuck into today's conversation about redefining fashion, which I think is it's quite an interesting um, conversation to have. Now, today we are joined by the amazing Bianca Rangecraft, who is the CEO and the founder of Wearing. And I'm just going to pass it over to Bianca to introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about, um, about Wearing. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm really excited to be um, chatting to Priscilla today. Um, so my um, background is in banking. I spent the first four and a half years of my career at Goldman Sachs in their consumer division, working on a lot of retail stocks. Um, and during that time, I could do nothing else but think about how we could actually look inwards rather than look at consumption. Um, and that led me to found Wearing, which is a digital wardrobe and personal styling app. Um, basically allows you to digitize your wardrobe to see and style everything that you own um, and so we were founded in June 2020 so we're very much the new kid on the block um, and our mission is really to help you extend the life cycle of your clothes and make the most of what you already own <laughs> Fantastic! it's honestly like we're going to get more into how you even got around to uh, bringing this to life and how the idea came we'll get more into that because I'm I personally am super intrigued, but before we get to that, as everybody knows, we have an icebreaker. It would not be the ATAC of sustainability <laughs> if Priscilla didn't break some ice before. Um, now, Love yeah, that. What are three things you wish you could <laughs> What are three things you wish you could tell 12-year-old Bianca? God, she was a feisty one. Um, <laughs> I think I would start off by saying to her um, that you really need to be very kind to yourself um, and treat yourself the way you would treat a very good friend. Um, and I and I mean that because a lot of you know people who were like me at that age, very ambitious, wanted to do really really cool and exciting things um, and work for purpose, um, tend to get very caught up in you know the rat race and and and, and doing better and comparing yourself to others and you know not thinking you're moving fast enough so I think my first tip would to myself would really be be kind um, and and be conscious that it's a journey you know not a not a race um, and then I think the second thing would be pay it forward 
Um, I'm a big believer in helping others as a way to also, you know, elevate yourself and make sure that as you progress through your life and, and, and the project that you get involved in, you're taking people with you on that journey. Um, and I think that's a, a very good piece of advice. Yeah. Um, and then I think lastly, uh, very pertinent to, to having become a founder, um, I would say to her, go for it, girl. Trust your gut because you know you have the capabilities to set um, your hearts in something very, very ambitious. So please just go ahead and do it. Um, and there's a silver lining in everything. So, you know, failure is, is, is not finite um, and don't be afraid of that. Oh my gosh, I love those. That's phenomenal. Those are lovely. I really, <laughs> I really like those. Now, I was thinking about my ones. Um, do you know what? Like years ago, I wrote a blog post that was similar to this, where I did like a letter to my thirteen-year-old self, and it's I love really that. Nice to to kind of have a pause and <laughs> to have a pause and think back um, to what you feel like maybe you could have done differently, or the kind of advice that you would need. Um, I think my first one will definitely be don't be scared. Um, just don't be scared. I think fear is fear is the biggest issue in the world, probably. People are scared to be mm. who they want to be. People are scared to express themselves as they choose to. People are scared to live in their own, own skin. And it's like, be you. Don't be scared. Jump, do stuff. Like, try it out. If you don't like it, then who cares? Move on to the next thing. It's just stop. Don't be scared and don't compare yourself to others. Um, the second one will definitely be that happiness isn't like, I don't think happiness is a state. So just review what you're chasing. Like it's just a constant, yes. it's like moments. Like you can find happiness in little yes. things. Embrace those moments uh, of being happy, whether that's you sitting around the table with your grandparents having a conversation or you playing with your pet or you and your friends in the shop. It's like those <laughs> are moments of happiness when you feel good, if it makes good and they make you feel good then those are states of happiness and just embrace those times instead of see chasing what seems to be happiness whether that's money or a, a certain friend or a certain partner and then you get there and you're like oh that that wasn't what i thought it was gonna be um and then my last <laughs> one is there's only one you yes deep <laughs> shit i love that you. another you. so if you um if you want to sit and waddle and compare yourself, you're, you're just going to make yourself depressed. Whereas if you just really embrace the fact that there is literally only one person that is your you, um, and you can be and do what you need to do in life to get by and to enjoy it, then that's what you need to do to focus on that instead of focusing on what everyone else is doing. Those are definitely my top three. <laughs> love them. Love them. <laughs> love those. Halfway. Um, so that was a nice little icebreaker. It's always good to um, to have those little reflective moments. I'm I'm definitely excited, like I said, to to dive into this conversation with you and find out a little bit more about how we're redefining fashion and how people like yourself are at the forefront of doing this. Now, you spoke to us a little bit about what wearing is. Um, I would really love you to tell me how. What's the story? What is like Bianca to wearing? How did this come about? What's the tale? Like, give me the full shebang. I want to hear it. 
Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so essentially, I founded the company in June 2020. Um, and I think, as I said before, it was really out of a desire to help democratize access to personal styling um, as a tool for impact and as something that was right. fundamentally missing in the current landscape. Or was it a price point that, you know, women like me um, couldn't afford? Um, and so, you know, when I was working at Goldman Sachs um, here in London, um, I was super fortunate to work on the Stitch Fix um, and Farfetch IPOs. And obviously during that time, you know, we were doing a lot of due diligence into wow. how you could use AI um, to basically help personalize your shopping journey. Um, but, you know, in my mind, I kept thinking, well, that, that's only one part of the equation, right? The other part of it, the equation is unlocking access to what we already own, what's already in our wardrobes, and how can we use AI to style me and my current clothes a thousand different ways so that I can really you know, reduce my carbon footprint, but also fall back in love with pieces that I already own. Um, and so I guess I founded the company really with this mission um, to change the way that we interact with clothes, i.e. upend the throwaway culture, because I was a an avid fast fashion buyer. Um, you know, mentally, I was really feeling the effect of that. Um, you know, climate anxiety was, was something that I was thinking about all the time and I knew I had the power to change and I'm an educated woman and why wasn't I doing it? Um, and it became very apparent that I just didn't have the tools, right? And life gets in the way um, and ease of use is for me the biggest thing that we can do in order to access um, and really truly adopt sustainable behaviors. Um, and so based off that, you know, I, I did a bit of an introspective journey um, I looked at what wasn't working for me um, and I realized that actually, you know, the, the system was broken. Um, this vicious cycle of not being able to see what I had, my impulse buying, never really getting it right, um, and the lack of inspiration in the styling process to me meant one thing, you know, we had to build um, the clueless version of the digital wardrobe app. We had to get this AI piece, you know, right. Um, and we had to show you that you could create, share outfits, swap, etc., cetera, um, and, and, and really build up to what is gonna be now a social version of wearing, um, where you can swap with your friends, resell, rent your clothes, etc., as well as use the styling tool. Um, and so basically that was the journey. I went, I took three weeks off from Goldman, which was unheard of at the time in terms of holidays. Um, I had no more days left for the rest of the year. Um, and I went to this hackathon for the SDGs in Shenzhen in China um, at the end of 2019 created wearing, quick prototyped it, um, you know, did about 350 focus groups with women at the at the conference um, and then pitched in front of 2,500 people, winning the most disruptive tech award. And I was like, okay, this shit is real. I'm actually gonna quit my job and go and do it. <laughs> Took me six months. And then in June, 2020, I was like, this is it. I'm jumping, I'm taking the plunge. <laughs> this is exciting. Exciting! You are so brave, and the fact that you just put yourself out there. Going back to the advice that we're giving our our twelve year old, thirteen year old selves to just do it. This is a perfect example of someone living and just doing it. And do you know what's really interesting? You mentioned something there about the system that we're living in currently being broken. Yeah. Um, and I completely yeah. agree. I think we've spent so many years and decades living off of the back of systems that people created hundreds of years ago that just doesn't yeah. work for now. Um, so we're definitely at a space now where it's time to disrupt the way we're doing things 
this is the same with the culture that we've got as well, this over-consuming culture that doesn't respect things and doesn't have respect for fashion as much as it as it should or as it did before. Yeah. Um, and kind of like finding our way back and okay, like, what does this read definition mean? What does it mean for us as individuals? Mm. What does it mean for businesses? And how are we going to forcefully suggest that businesses start to take action now as opposed to later, before it's too late? We're already at a point now where climate change is, is impacting so many different communities um, and although many people within certain areas of the world feel far removed from those impacts if we claim to care as poor people you look at there's certain countries that unfortunately fall victim more and are falling victim more so than, than other countries and even if we look closer to home we've got wildfires and things like that happening all the time so mm. it's definitely time to make a change that is that is super encouraging to hear you um to hear your story and to hear what you've done when it comes to that now uh, another question that i'd love to ask you is like looking at fashion and then looking at sustainability as a whole right the the conversations have been here we always hear the word sustainable fashion going around loads of things springing up now like you said rentals are now available and the ability to swap clothes and all this stuff. So what would you say to you? What, what does fashion mean to you? Like, how would you define fashion? Mm, I love that question. Um, I think for me, fashion is really a transient state um, that helps you express the different facets of your personality as you go through time um, and as you gain experience. Um, and I think for me, it's, it's a, a really beautiful relationship because it's two part in, in my world and in, in um, kind of the things that have been passed down to me from my family. Um, and so on the one hand, it's cherishing, respecting um, and almost creating a legacy through the pieces that you own and want to sort of give um, to your loved ones or your daughters or your sons, etc., um, and get passed down. And on the other hand, it's pure experimentation. So for me, it's finding creative and circular ways um, to experiment with different looks, different textures, different um, forms of self-expression. And I really like to marry the two because it feels like there's this concrete grounding effect of having a, a few key pieces that you will keep forever, that you will cherish forever, um, versus the ability to experiment. Oh my gosh, I completely agree. And it's interesting because my mother, we always talk about this, but there's certain pieces that she's like, you know, I had this when, like, I bought this when you were born and I have this and it's like, are you actually being serious that that piece is like 30 years old or whatever it might be? It's, like, it's incredible that like back then, like, yes. there was so much more love and effort that went into making stuff and things lasted. And I look at some of those pieces and they're still intact. They're still things that like she can wear and it's not like, oh my gosh, that looks horrible. So there's definitely been a, an issue there, right? So. I guess it's mm. interesting to find out what you think then, how you feel like sustainability ties into the conversations around fashion and, and can the two marry? Because I think so many people feel like I can't keep on trend and just use what I've got in my wardrobe. Like I have to buy into, into fast fashion. And as you probably well know, there are like so many seasons that come out now with fashion. It's like something's in trend for a month. And then the following month, it's something else. And people feel the pressure to kind of stay up to date. And it's like, my wardrobe's not up to date. Everyone's wearing this now. 24 seasons a year, right. girl. So it's like, 
it's mental <laughs> how things have now shifted to the point where it's like, no, 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 and briefs have got shorter, and people don't have time, they can't put love into what, what they're doing anymore, and it's really, really sad that um, that's kind of where we've got to now, but yeah, it'd be really interesting to find out how you feel sustainability ties into fashion, how, I guess, fashion can still stay alive with it, being sustainable as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we all know it's like with a lot of things in life, um, fundamentally very difficult for fashion as a system, as the system that we kind of know, right? Um, not an industry, because it really is a system, not an industry, um, can, cannot be fundamentally sustainable, right? Just because of the business models, because of, as you rightly pointed out, you know, the speed of, of, of new trends coming out all of the time um, and, and really the churn with these very cheap garments, um, you know, produced by people who are not getting paid right. Um, and so I think if we look at trying to remove ourselves from that as kind of like the top line um, where we need governments and we need, you know, real kind of regulation to address that issue, I think as consumers from from sort of, you know, one step down, um, there is definitely compatibility with fashion and sustainability. Um, and I think for me, the key there is really to unlock what everyone is talking about right now, which is circularity um, and, and operating within a closed loop as much as possible um, so I completely agree with you super difficult for us in the current day and age to be on trend with what we already own you know our mothers our grandmothers were able to do that because it would take probably 10 years for something to be completely outdated or you could tweak it you knew your seamstress things were completely you know getting revamped as you went through time and it was easy to do that because you knew and respected the people who made your clothes or who altered your yeah. clothes um, but now I think what it means for me is really saying, well, I have to be really attuned um, to what I have, how I can use that, and what small portion of my budget can I allocate to experimenting or to being on trend and doing that as much as possible through the realm of rental swapping um, or even just borrowing for a one-time occasion um, and I think you know with the world increasingly becoming more social with the advent of digital um, I think there's a lot that we can do to sort of monetize our community and interact with our community and borrow and swap from them um, which I think is and rent obviously which I think is also very very interesting so I think for me it's just a culmination of all of those things and then fundamentally buying less really yeah no absolutely 100 percent. I, I agree with everything that you said there um so it'd be really interesting to find out what you think has gone wrong here because clearly right something or somewhere along the line there was either a disconnect a lack of consideration whatever people might call it that has led to the fashion industry being at the point it is now where like you mentioned there we've got 24 seasons we've got clothing that you might buy once and you cannot wear it again because after it goes into the wash it just isn't the same anymore the material goes out of shape or it starts to rip the amount of times i've yeah. bought things previously from from high street stores and it's like you feel the quality and you're like what is going on here like you've clearly not designed this for me to wear this for more than like <laughs> twice or three times which is very disappointing um so what what do you personally think has gone wrong? What what's your take mm. on things? Where do you feel like the fashion industry hit the wall? What what was it or why? Should I say? 
Yeah, I, I love the question. Um, I actually did a lot of work um, before I became obsessed with um, fashion, um, focusing a lot on food as part of SDG 12. Um, so when I was you know, in, in, in banking, I've, I was part of the environmental committee that I actually founded as a young analyst at Barclays in, in their um, investment management arm. Um, and the, the same analogy for me applies to fashion. And that is, as a society, um, you know, operating predominantly now in urban centers, you know, huge cities, um, we've basically as humans disconnected totally from um, the core, the earth, where the food is being produced, how much of it you need, um, and, and, and really sort of respecting the process and not becoming greedy. And, and I think to, to link that to fashion, for me, it's really all about these big corporations, um, you know, people putting basically profit before people and planet um, and, and and really riding on entrain, entrenched colonial systems of exploitation, um, you know, in, in areas that are underdeveloped versus these big urban centers um, that, that are really where all the clothing is being bought. And so I think what happened is trickling down from that, the consumer has been sucked into, you know, this, this whole... Um, idyllic atmosphere of I don't really know what's being done at the point of creation I don't really know what blood sweat and tears are going into this garment um, and so I am just living in this utopia where marketing um, you know triggers are really getting me to sort of want that adrenaline fix I want to buy things at all cost um, and, and I think those two things coupled together just make for a, a, a huge lack of consciousness and I'm the first you know guilty party as I said to you before I used to go during my lunch break to buy some ruffled top at at H&M knowing full well come on Bianca do you really need that um, but you're drawn into this system where it feels okay yeah. to be an ethical failure yeah. um, because everyone else is doing it right and it's just the modus operandi and I think for me that's what went wrong I, I love that. That I don't think there could ever be a more sound answer, to be honest. You've, you hit the nail on the head. And I think that disconnect, <laughs> <laughs> that disconnect is what has impacted the world to where we're at now with everything. I think until you lift up a mirror and really put it in front of people and say, this is what we're talking about, people will very casually turn their blind eye to things. See that? they turn a blind eye to things um because they know that it's because they know that they don't have to do anything about it like there isn't pressure on them to to fix it or to address the issue um and unfortunately that culture like you said there it's just trickled it affects Mm. a lot of things from us taking into consideration the people that could be making our clothes, not being paid, the mistreatment that people may be going through in other countries just to to create a cheap £2 top. And it's like when you really sit down and think about it, if you are buying a T-shirt for £1, someone along that line is not getting paid or not getting treated correctly. All the materials are being sourced in a way that should Absolutely. be um, that should be challenged. So there are so many things there, and I think this this weird mm. this weird thing of not being conscious has been pumped into our society, where people, I guess, certain certain court corporations and certain government leaders, they may prefer for people to be less in tune because the less in tune you are, the less questions are asked. You do what you're told. 
But the mm. moment people stand up and say, no, do you know what? No, this is not right. I don't like this. And I'm going to start doing things off of my own back. And I'm going to learn about this for my own good. It's massive what happens with that because it's a whole educational process that you can then embark on that then teaches you what works best for you. And it goes back again really nicely into what we were saying about, you know, with the advice to our younger selves of, of kind of like being yourself and that idea of being individual. And that can look very different as well when it comes to fashion because fashion is a form of a, a way that you can express how you're feeling or express like the parts to you that exist. So if you allow yourself to to do that freely without being worried about colors that are on trend or, or cuts or designs and kind of just go with what you like, then you'll find that maybe seasons don't even matter to you. Um, and perhaps you exist out of any firm season. So yeah, mm. there's definitely been this stripping of, of individuality um, and people feeling like they have to look like everyone else in order to be accepted. So it's great to see that, I guess there's an awakening happening, if I can say that. Uh, and people are feeling brave enough to say, <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I actually, just to add on to that, because I think it's so interesting. Um, my father is 92, which is incredible, right? Because he was born in 1929. Um, and so when we talk about fashion with him, especially as he's see me, you know, um, operating in a completely different world coming from banking, you know, he used to say to me, um, back in his day, factories in the UK would be producing your clothes. If workers were not treated fairly, they would riot. It would be in the papers, the whole town and the community would kind of have an opinion around this. Um, and so when I asked my dad, the question that you asked me earlier, he said to me, well, you know what's changed? You know what, what the issue is? It's it's out of sight, out of mind, um, because we don't see garment workers in Sri Lanka, right? We don't even, it does not operate within our consciousness. Um, and so I did this really fun challenge when I started wearing, which was to only buy locally. So only buy from thrift shops, only go to UK designers, you know, go into a shop in Shoreditch and the guy's like, this dress is 450 pounds. And you're thinking, what? <laughs> but then you talk to him and he's like, well, no, you know, like I've spent X amount of hours doing this. I've sourced the material from Italy. I've, you know, shipped it over in a carbon neutral. I mean, the whole shebang. And as you realize that as a consumer, it, it really does affect your mindset. And you think, gosh, if I were to invest in this piece, I would really cherish it. And I really do understand what's what's going in at a value chain level. Um, and, and yeah, that kind of knowledge is really what makes you understand how we've transitioned as a society from a normal and, and, and sort of traditional way of doing things to big corporations um, not allowing for shareholder activism because previously the town people would own the factory. They'd have shares in it. They could, you know, voice concerns. But today you'd have to be a majority shareholder to make any kind of change happen at H&M. Yeah. Um, and so I think for me, that's that's really what happened yeah yeah I, oh my gosh i love that and it's it it's so true um and your dad is a hundred percent correct when he says outside out of mind and as i said mentioned before <laughs> it is pretty much what's impacting our world with everything today um you know if something isn't glaring for a lot of people then it, it doesn't matter because it's not being you know shoved in my face but the moment people really stand up and say this is what we're talking about or look at this this is the evidence and they're like oh wow okay and it's weird because i feel like over time 
I guess a, a, a community of robots have been breeded, sorry to say. But everyone's kind of like, go to uni, study, <laughs> don't ask questions, go on holiday a couple times a year, buy all right food and just be content and just don't question. Be happy with that. Yeah. And be and just be, don't say too yeah. much about it. It's an unconscious collective. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And you buy into it without realising. And it definitely starts, um, I think, once you enter the education system um, and you're kind of like taught that this is what we need to chase, it's what you need to do. This mm. is kind of like, this is what success looks like to us. Um, and people are not given the options to explore things in different ways or to really find out the information that they need. And it's not to, I don't want to tear down the educational system because it's definitely there for a reason. It, it does work and it does help. But I do think that there are certain things sometimes that are left out deliberately and, um, and unfortunately it does people more of a disservice than it does them good. Um, but, but we're changing that and that's why we're here. And that's why we're having this chat because here we are. There's two businesses trying to do what we can to change the course of things. So, hey, we have got independent thinkers amongst us in the planet, which is great and important for sure. Okay, so I'd also love to ask you um, a little bit more around the taboo uh, that surrounds repeating clothing. I think, especially when it comes to clothing that people wear when they're going out partying, or to the clubs or whatever it might be. I think there were a lot of businesses that sprung up to, to kind of benefit a lot from that because they know, look, if we can get a dress out to someone that's between the prices of 10 to 30 pounds, then they're not gonna be too like worried about what happens to it. It's like, seams come undone, it's too cheap to send back. You know, I'll just order another one for the next time. So it'd be really interesting to find out what you would say to someone who maybe apprehensive about repeating clothing um or maybe not know about well, like where should i then source good going out clothes that i feel like i can wear multiple times do you have any advice for those kind of people mm, i love that question so much um i will just preface this by saying that i am now 28 years old um and so i'm at the stage of my life now where my uni clothes all my going out like those you know skanky little black tops that i loved so much are a little bit inappropriate um and i don't need 20 of them right <laughs> um and also bodies change um and so i think it's obviously really easy when you're at that point of your life because you have the hindsight to say okay maybe i shouldn't have bought that that many i could have sold for you know my my um user journey needs in other ways um but but when it's happening to you you don't really think about it and realize it so for me the i have nothing to wear dilemma is it feels really universal um and it's the sensation of being trapped you know in indecision because you don't have you you think you feel that you don't have what you need to be able to go out right or rewear things or you constantly need to buy to refresh um but i think you know part part of that for me is really um the problem isn't that you don't have anything to wear it's that you don't have anything new to wear um and that's why i started this company because how can we you know, unlock more value from our wardrobe if we don't even have an inventory of what we own. We can't really see what's in our wardrobe, right? Um, so I think my first piece of advice would be to say, and I'm not plugging wearing right now, you can do it in an Excel, you could do it in a Google Drive or, or your camera roll. Um, but I would highly recommend creating awesome creative outfits creating your own lookbooks for different occasions because more often than not when you do that you realize that 
let's say you have 150 items in your wardrobe. The average in the UK is actually 56 pieces. Um, but with those, you could probably create a good 50 or 25 going out outfits with what you own. So I'd say tip number one, really try and do that because you'll see that all of a sudden you're pairing things differently um, with this digital inventory that you have um, and you're getting that breath um, of fresh air that you, that you so desperately need. Um, and then I would say, honestly, this sounds so outdated, but swap with your girls. Like go get ready together on a Friday night, see what she has in her wardrobe, borrow something from her, um, you lend her your earrings, et cetera, et cetera, because it really does work. Um, and then rent for the difference. Yeah. I love this. Great advice. Great, great advice. And I think people definitely should start to learn um, more about what they've got in their wardrobe. Because you're right. I remember like when I, when I first moved into my place that I'm in now and I was unpacking, I was like, wait, oh my gosh, I forgot about that top. Or I forgot about those because I had stuff in storage for such a long time. But exactly. Yeah, you do. You're like, oh, and then I've gone and bought this and it's literally like I have that and it's identical. Um, and being someone, like I mentioned at the beginning, who, who loves clothing, loves fashion and, um, and, and loves shopping. And I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times in talks that I've done that what we're doing here when it comes to the cultural shift is bigger than just purchasing. It's actually redefining yeah. how we approach um, shopping as part of like our cultural and social experience. Absolutely. Which is a massive part of it. I think for many of us, going out with your friends, going shopping is an activity that we'll do just to- Of course. Um, so then being able to kind of like shake that up a little bit, um, it's not it's not always easy but it's something that you should definitely try and do people should try try to do and it's something i've been trying to do now for the past couple of months that don't just don't just shop out of boredom um first and foremost try and fill that time with something else um and also just be very mindful that you just don't need stuff even if you're going out and you're just like oh i need this and you're going to buy that don't get sucked in because it's so easy to go shopping and you're like, oh, that looks great, but do you need it? Like, do I actually need that? No, I've got like mm. 10 things that look exactly the same to, same to that. Uh, I'm so proud of the progress. It's always nice to to grow and glow as I like to put it and, uh, and feel like- I love that. Like, that's so good. But yeah, honestly, I don't think it's, um, I definitely don't think it's it's easy. Um, so those bits of advice is great. Having that inventory is great. And yeah, plug wearing. I mean, download the app. Um, if it solves a problem and makes it easier for people, then definitely people should should do it. Now, did you talk? Can I? Yeah, go on. Yes, I just wanted to share one last thing, which again sounds crazy, but has changed my life again with wearing. Um, but a lot of the times for me, the obstacle to kind of finding a great outfit to going out is I always do the same thing with my current items, right? Because that's what I know and love and I know it works for me. Um, and so when wearing introduced their mood board functionality, um, it was a way for me to basically browse Instagram, see these inst influencers, Insta models, Insta bitches, whatever you call them, <laughs> um, but also friends and family who look damn good and they're going out, you know, gear, um, save that into my mood board and then click recreate with my own outfit and items. Um, and so that was super exciting for me because I got to realize that actually I'm more after the newness of the look rather than the newness of the pieces. And I think fundamentally if we're able to make that shift, and that's why democratizing access to styling is so powerful because it allows you to to move into another mindset altogether. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a 
that's a, a really um, valid point that you made there about kind of like feeling new in clothes that you already have. Because I think, but you do like that, you know, you dress up and it's like, oh, I feel, I, I feel like I look nice. Um, which is something mm. you want to feel. It's part of feeling good as well. You want to wear clothes that makes you feel good. And if you can do that with the app and you can kind of like recreate those looks or even experiment with looks that you're like, is, does that work for me? Then people should do it. Um, we have this really close global global world or global community now where I can get fashion inspiration from someone that lives in LA who looks mm. a similar size to myself um, and kind of like work through my wardrobe that way. So we have that at our disposal, which is awesome. And I definitely think, that, you know, there's a lot um, of credit that should go to to those amazing creators around the world who who kind of share their inspiration and share the way they dress up. Um, but yeah, let's do so with what we've got. Um, and you can, you'll find that it might not look exactly the same because it's different different clothing, but you can re recreate that style and feel brand new and feel like, oh, wow, this is something. Hell yeah. Um, so definitely, I definitely love that. Um, well, the next question kind of ties in very, very nicely to wearing um because i want to i really want to delve into like what what's the problem that you feel like wearing solving like where where are you guys seated at in the market um uh, and what's kind of like i guess your mission with it yeah absolutely so i think you know that for me the the base offering the base usps are really threefold um so one it's the key to unlocking the digital segment right which is so important in a b2b data world because we know a lot about what's being done at the point of purchase now with the um you know resurgence of resale and 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 rental um we know a lot about what's happening at the point of sale but no one really knows or has any insight into wardrobe utilization and composition data um, so at a company level that's what we're really looking at unlocking um to essentially help brands become leaner in their supply chain, really understand what's happening with the product um, as it moves through people's wardrobes and time. Um, but for a B2C um, kind of, you know, look, it's really more about helping you navigate everything that you own, be accountable for everything that you own, interact with and know the limits of your wardrobe. Um, and, and this is really important for me because it, it, it means a lot of different things all rolled into one. It means... Every time I walk into a shop, I am conscious about what I have and what I need. I'm able to dissociate between feelings of a request for dopamine versus a smart considered buy. Um, I'm able to put it into my digital wardrobe, try it on before I buy, um, assess how many outfits I could create with it. Um, is it really adding value here? And I think that's super, super important. Um, the second thing is obviously the styling component, the AI component, which I think is vital for a consumer um, because it does exactly what we say. Um, it, it basically helps you look for outfits rather than for new pieces. Um, and that's super important, I think, in, in, in really creating a paradigm shift um, and helping women worldwide increase their utilization rates because currently we use about 30% of what we own um, and so the mission of wearing is really to increase that to at least 75 percent um, and saying look girl you've got about a third to fuck up with the rest you really need to be using and you need to be doing better with yeah. um, and that's really exciting but it, it's also a beautiful functionality because it gives you joy um, and another part of our mission is to say you know there are no fixed boxes you you're you not 
just able to wear X and X together, but actually you can wear it with X, Y, Z. Um, and so that piece of experimentation, that piece of joy of saying, I'm gonna pair a red top with some blue trousers and some white shoes, Initially, you might be like, what the fuck? But then when you see it on wearing, you see the styling um, feature do it for you, it actually sometimes really works. Um, and I love that. I love um, the idea of giving more creative direction to our users and our wearers. Um, and then the last thing for me about why this product really matters and, and how we can help um, is really taking wearing from a digital wardrobe app to a fully fledged circular marketplace. Um, and so the reason that this matters is we want you to be able to repair items, dry clean them, ethically donate them all at the click of a button. That, sh that should be part of how you deal with your wardrobe and how you build a relationship with it. Ease of use is super important. So that's something that we launched at the end of September this year. Um, and then the other part is saying, well, okay, if wearing knows what's in my wardrobe, if wearing has all of these connections with brands um, that they've uh, you know assessed and have made a commitment to say we're only going to onboard ethical brands, pre-loved and rental, why don't we create a marketplace for our users so that you can shop less but smarter in a tailored way to filling your wardrobe gaps. So wearing can really add value um, and stop you mindlessly scrolling for hours and days on end. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's what we've built. And, and, and the rationale really is all around helping women grow with their wardrobe um, and every single time that they can make a conscious purchasing or repairing decision. Fantastic. Gosh, blown away. What a powerhouse. It's awesome to hear. <laughs> no, it is. It's really nice um, to hear what you guys have got in store and I guess what your mission is um, with your app because it's very easy to create things, isn't it? Or, or well, not saying it's very easy to create things, but it's, you know, you have an idea and it's just there, but I guess when you've got a mission and you've got something you definitely want to achieve with it and it's personal and you feel it and you're living it and breathing it, it just makes it so much more real. Um, and that I think we live in a day and age now where that really does matter, where it you speak does. to the founders and you speak to the CEOs of companies and you speak to the marketing managers and you speak to these people and it's like I, I I get this like I'm not just working for this company I'm 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 living and breathing this myself so that is phenomenal um uh, and that jump from the the third, was it thirty two percent that you said to the to the seventy five percent is definitely something that would be incredible for people just to acknowledge what you've already got in your wardrobe and then I guess moving forward further challenge I guess the culture that's there and kind of like when you do now want new pieces after exploring everything that's in your wardrobe it's like if this marketplace is then available it's like I can swap items I can rent clothes and I can uh, we're part of that re redefinition I guess and, and there's a cultural shake that's happening that's allowing people to to enter and engage with clothing in a new way and that's powerful and you're sitting at the forefront of that so that is super exciting um so do you know what this chat i could go on and on as i always say <laughs> for england um <laughs> but we're, we're, we're drawing to an end now um and I, I i honestly like i said i'm blown away and i'm really excited for what wearing is going to do and the future for yourself as well i'm sure there's many other things coming in the pipeline as well it'd be great to find out like where people can find you how can people connect with you whether that's linkedin or what your social media handles are for wearing etc so give them the lowdown 
Yes, absolutely. So first and foremost, guys and gals, because we have about 20,000 men on the platform currently, even if it's only designed for women. Um, so find us in the App Store and on Google Play. Download the app, give it a whirl, give us a review, guys. We are a pre-seed company. Um, we have bootstrapped to date, so there will be bugs. Bear with us and give us as much feedback as possible. We truly appreciate it. And I actually monitor those things myself. Um, and then after that, please you know, follow me on LinkedIn, follow the company on LinkedIn, um, but more importantly, follow us on Instagram because that's where you're gonna get all the lowdown um, on events that we're running, our brand ambassador program, if you wanna apply to that, it has some really good perks, um, but also stay tuned for some more pop-ups and some really cute activation pieces. Um, and so that's wearing W-H-E-R-I-N-G underscore underscore on Instagram. And my personal Instagram is Bianca Rangecroft. Awesome. Absolutely love that. And a quick question as the last one. Why did you call yes. it wearing? What was the thing? And yes. I love it when people ask me that. They don't do enough of it. Um, so really it was the verb wearing, the action of wearing our clothes, which I thought was super powerful for impact. Um, and then the H is there for he and her. Oh, I love that. Look at that. Wow. All the consideration has gone into this business from beginning <laughs> right now to where they are. Um, it's just amazing what you're doing, Bianca. It's amazing what the team's doing. You're, you're building something great. You're building something big. And like I said, you are, you're inflicting real change. And I think that is what is important is that we, we become part of the shift as, a, as opposed to part of the problem. Um, so this has been awesome. It's been a great chat. I'm really excited, as I mentioned before, for wearing and for what you guys are doing. Now uh, I, I roll into my, my last minute speech as everyone's pretty much used to now. You can follow Yeezy at Yeezy app across all platforms. We are on TikTok, we are on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Anywhere where people are having a conversation, you can pretty much find me posting something there. Um, and make sure that you go and download the app. I mean, if you don't already have the app, uh, you are a traitor. But download the app. We're on the app store. <laughs> We're on the Apple App Store. You can also download um, on the Google Play Store as well. Um, and as Bianca mentioned there as well, if you've got any issues with the app or you're finding it difficult to use certain things, please do reach out to us. We are a friend-friendly bunch. And we'll deal with your queries with the quickest and nicest treatment ever. If you also want to email us, you can email us at hello at yazy.com and we will answer every question or query that you've got. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been an awesome episode with Bianca Rangecroft of Wearing. Download the app and make sure you connect with them. Thank you, everyone. And thank you so much, Bianca. Thank you for having me, guys. It was amazing. <laughs> Remember to download the Yazy app and you can find us on all social media at Yazia.